96 of the Never Ending Glory podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grillin, here with Sean Z. And uh, didn't think this podcast was going to happen this week, Sean, but here we are. It's been a long week, a lot of work. Uh, work-wise, it's like the dark days of October. Right. We don't get to enjoy the summer, so <laughs> this is kind of the craziness before we can start to relax kind of Thanksgiving time. To that, to that point, uh, you know, we had Columbus Day off here in New Hampshire, and Usually on the day off, it used to be I can just sit around and do absolutely nothing, play video games and, you know, write up fantasy football articles. But when you have a kid or you're an adult and you got to do shit around the house, like, I, I spent the whole day doing stuff, you know? So that, that's why, unfortunately, you know, um, we did not get the uh, Sunday recap article out. We did not get the waiver wire article out this week. And that's on me. I'm slacking. I apologize. But, oh, my goodness, it's getting old sucks. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah, it, it's not so much being able to kind of throw the fastball uh, one or two times, but doing it w- consistently week in, week out, it's not always there. No. Sad, getting old, but, you know, we'll, we'll do uh, about an hour worth of immaturity here. And uh, That said, I'm getting bombed this weekend. I'm looking forward <laughs> maybe a Sunday at Red Jay's House Red Jay. for League Viewing. So uh, that's the plan, at least for right now. I, I got to make sure Red Jay's up for it. Right, you guys enjoy that. Uh, I don't know what's going on this weekend for me. Probably something. I'm heading up to Burlington, Vermont next weekend, so I'm going to get a little silly next week, which I'm looking forward to that. That'll that'll keep me on my ass for about uh, about two days after that, I'm sure. Yeah, but, it'll um, be like a Wednesday comeback time. Exactly. So let's uh, let's get into fantasy football talk. You can find us on iTunes. We've said that a million times. Spotify, we're, we're slacking on that, lacking on that. They've gotten very uh, confusing on how to upload episodes there, so... Jerry's working on that behind the scenes, but check out www.negpodcast.com for the episode or the articles when I can get them out. Uh, we will have a plan fade article releasing on Friday, so the best plays, best fades for the week. Had a rough week last week. Told people to sit James Conner, didn't go over very well. Told people to sit Devontae Adams, didn't go over very well, but still above 500 for the year on all my start and sits. And then, uh, of course, find us on Facebook and Twitter, on Twitter at Glory Podcast, and on Facebook, search for us at The Never Ending Glory Podcast. So, Sean, quickly before we dive into week six, I can't believe we're already at week six, let's talk about week five real quick. Uh, we saw a player come back, and that is Mark Ingram. And after Alvin Kamara was one of the most utilized running backs in all the NFL, he was pretty much the second fiddle to Mark Ingram as Ingram scored two touchdowns and Kamara failed to put up more than 10 points for the first time all season. So, is that a sign of things to come? If you're a Kamara uh, owner, are you nervous, or what's going on there in New Orleans? I don't know that you're nervous. Uh, I, I do think it actually worked out nicely. Kamara took a little lighter load on a Monday night, and then with the bye week this week, he can kind of get an extended kind of uh, little R&R. He had a knee injury, I think, dinged up a little bit. So, a touch of precaution. Um, but that said, I was actually surprised at how effective Ingram was. Um, usually you don't see that after suspension, even for a short period of time, is see Le'Veon Bell uh, and his, some of his previous history, as well as Josh Gordon and some others. So I was obviously very surprised with Ingram. I, I thought he would get 10, 12 carries. I didn't see that he would get that much use, particularly in and around the goal line area or inside the 20s. I thought he was going to be more 20 to 20, as I said on previous pods. So surprised a little bit there. I wouldn't be too overly worried or concerned if you're a Kamara owner. If anything, that may actually help him fend off, you know, kind of falling off the map towards playoff time, um, assuming that, that the squads that have Kamara are probably positioned well to be in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, you look at Kamara's first uh, four games, he had the first game 17 touches, second game 19 touches, then 31 touches and 24 touches. That's just a lot of usage on a smaller guy. He's only 5'10", 215. You mentioned he had a knee injury he was dealing with. I think this was more not so much giving Kamara rest but getting Ingram going. I think they really wanted to make sure, you know, with the bye coming up, they wanted to get the, the, the rust knocked off, um, and, and it worked. You know, obviously he had two touchdowns, he played well. Uh, I was fortunate to get him off the uh, Martins team, so I started him this week. And and me and Jerry's poo poo platter of a, of a game, it, it got me the win. Fortunately, to get me to three and two. Well, you're still sitting at zero and five, but that's a different story for a different day. You, yeah, you know, I, I don't want you to get too depressed on this pod. But um, I think the one th- and the one thing I tweeted out was here is a TD regression. I mean, Kamara had six touchdowns in the first four game, which is f- fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but he's just he's not a goal line guy. I think Ingram's going to be more between the fives guy, red zone area. Um, I I think just now you're going to see really Kamara be more of the 
pass catching back, not as much early down work because they need to save him and they need to also save Ingram. Ingram has never been that much of an Ironman himself. So I think it, it, it's still they're both going to be in the RB1 conversation every week. But obviously, Kamara isn't going to be the slam dunk top two, top three running back that we've seen throughout the season. But I do still think he will definitely have top 10 value every week. And, uh, of course, Mark Ingram will have that RB1 upside in the explosive offense for the uh, New Orleans Saints. But the other thing I want to talk about real quick is, and I know you didn't hear that much because you've been watching on the app, but the Monday Night Football crew was just drooling. Oliver Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. Oh, I did and hear that that was pretty thick. It was, I mean, it was, yeah, obviously it's a big story. you got to talk about it, but to continually go back to it throughout the broadcast over and over and over again. And Joe Tessitore just, just going on and on about Drew Brees, you know, telling his kids you can do whatever you want. You know, yeah, it's a good story. It's a good feel-good story. But we get it the first three times you mention it. And that has just been my... My, my issue with this Monday Night Football crew, because they, they're all-time ti- all worst crew I've ever heard in my life. And I'm usually not that critical on announcers. Uh, I'd much rather hear Dennis Miller from the mid-90s than, than this crew. That's, and it's not so much. I actually don't mind Jason Witten. Jason Witten's been pretty good. I don't mind Booger McFarlane. I hate Joe Tessitore. He sounds like he has some sort of popsicle-shaped thing in his mouth at all times. Can't stand it. But what I hate about they keep on like even oh god when the Chiefs were on they kept on calling Patrick Mahomes Showtime they wouldn't give it up they would just beat that to death it's just they beat every single thing they have to death and they talk over each other it's like having a uh, an argument with a Zustin brother it's just constantly screaming over each other nobody can get a word in edgewise Booger and Whitner fighting the whole time it's just it's it's absolutely brutal it's almost unwatchable or at least unlistenable at this point I'm about to turn on mute. Throw on the jams, listen to music while I'm watching Monday Night Football because it's really getting that bad. Yeah, I haven't watched it, so I don't know. But I'll just say, from what I've gathered, when Booger McFarlane is the best part of your broadcast, (laughs) you've got an immense steaming pile of dung for a a podcast. That's what I've gathered. Um, I heard Witten's basically terrible. There's no cohesiveness, and I've never liked Tessator. So uh, I feel pretty comfortable on that on that hill, and I'm sure there's a lot of people there with me, and it's probably growing by the second. Well, before we uh, you know get into week six, I, I will close it with this: the, the thing that really, really, really just grinds my gears over and over again is they always use each other's nickname. So they'll say Wit or Bug or Tess, Cons- oh. like over and over and like every time they, you know, oh, that's a great point, Bug. Let me tell you about this. And oh, thanks a lot, Wit. And that's yeah. a trick so oh. that you remember people's names, which means they don't really know each other all that well. <laughs> did, oh, how many times that. did Summerall have to actually call Madden by his, you know, John or or, or hey Mads? Thanks, like, John. Just Ball call the it. damn game. In Summerall's defense, and, and by the way, let it breathe. I mean, I, 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 again, I've not listened to these clowns, but the biggest issue I have, and it's, it stands out when you watch tennis and some of these other sports. Let the game breathe. Mm-hmm. Crowd shots, panorama. Just let those things speak for themselves, because as we all know, pictures and and frames can can you know tell a thousand words. Right. Don't fill it with endless drawn out noise as we can as we dive back into the podcast where we talk for 60 minutes straight let's go (laughs) all right so enough of the monday night football crew like i said turn on the music turn down the volume for your tv let's dive into week six we're recording on thursday night right before this uh philadelphia new york giants matchup two pretty bad teams right now carson wentz is back but that that team just really isn't clicking yet and the giants are a dumpster fire just cut eric flowers the right tackle uh sebastian volmer or um, Nate Solder, I'm sorry, took over the, the position at left tackle, and, and Flowers went from being starting right tackle to now he's on the uh, the scrap heap. Uh, the big news coming out of Philadelphia is uh, the boy, my boy Jay Ajayi, who who single handedly beat you in Week One, torn ACL out for the season. What did uh, I tell you all along? He's injury wide. prone. He's dinged up all the time. He's had what a back, a rib, now a knee. A, it just infuriates me that I was right, <laughs> but the the only like all of his points for the whole season were the week that I played you. That, that's, oh yeah, that's why fantasy football sucks. In a oh, yeah. nutshell, and, 
And then and then I traded him, and then I traded him right away, and uh, that worked out for me. Got Mark Ingram for him essentially. Um, but so now we have Wendell Smallwood and uh, Corey Clement leading the charge for the Philadelphia Eagles. Unless they make a trade for Lashawn McCoy, Le'Veon Bell, are those two going to be enough? You know, considering that Darren Sproles is thirty-eight and probably isn't coming back anytime soon. No, I can't see how under any scenario those guys are enough. Uh, those guys can't take the pounding. I think actually the, that rookie Adams from Notre Dame is is a potential play um, or somebody to keep an eye on. But I just think the Fletcher Cox restructure tells a, a story there that that's being worked or yet to be fully written. I, I think there could be conversations with Bell. Obviously, you've got to have some quasi negotiation type conversations with him if you're going to make that type of a deal. The Eagles do have two second round picks. Steelers wanted better than a third. You do the kind of math on that, in the words of uh, Nick and Akron. That's hashtag math there. <laughs> and then the other one is maybe the the backup option, albeit cheaper, um, and I think actually a better fit for them, LaShawn McCoy. That might be some background checking that's being involved at this point in time. So I I, I think one or two of those are going to be an eagle um, within the next two weeks. Yeah, you know, you mentioned you mentioned. Um... After tonight, particularly if they lose to the Giants, you could see some panic set in. Yeah, but you mentioned making space. uh, Fletcher Cox, I think they made about $5 million worth of salary cap space there, right? Yeah, well, not just nineteen money, but two, but twenty money too. Okay, so yeah, maybe they're making making the move for uh, for Shady there, or for for Shady uh, or or Bell. Uh, if you're looking for a two year deal, it's probably gonna be more Shady because he is signed through next year. Uh, I think I agree though. I think that's a, a good spot for Shady, and I'd like to see him land there. Uh, you as a Lashawn owner, I think would agree with that statement, right? I don't know. I gave up, man. I'm on five fantasy sucks. <laughs> For those uh, listening at home, Sean is currently 0-5. Um, like to just repeat that as much as possible. I'll, I mean, I've only had two weeks of the five where, you know, I probably could have won. But so it's it's not been overly optimistic. I said don't draft Josh Gordon. I drafted Josh Gordon. I didn't want to draft LaShawn McCoy. I drafted LaShawn McCoy. And Jack Doyle is going to need an arthritic hip in two weeks, apparently. Um so as much as I hit on the Andrew Luck, I did not hit really much on anyone else. Rough go of things for you, old Feek. Uh, other side of the ball, New York Giants. Anything to see here? Well, I I mean tonight, I think you got to love Shepard as as a nice play. Obviously, Odell's a huge play, and and Barkley, um, the Eli with that crowd could get a little sketchy if we get some you know dump offs and on third and eight and he throws a three yard pass it could get testy but also you know they get up it could get kind of raucous so it'll, it'll be an interesting atmosphere particularly the first half so by the time folks are hearing this the game will probably be already be played so we won't know what the in-game narrative is created with but at least we know watching the broadcast we won't hear what boog and wit and and whatever te- they call tessator i'd call them <laughs> Tess, Tess. Yeah, or Dick Face. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, th- there's really nobody else to talk talk about outside of Beckham, uh, uh, St- Shepard, and and I mean, you, I guess you could mention Rhett Ellison, the tight end. He has a sleeper, or if you need you need a tight end, but he's really nothing to write home about either. So, um, God, that 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 Giants offense is, is piss poor with Eli there. He's he's just so bad. He's he's terrible. Uh, but let's move on to the next game: Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Should be a lot of points scored here. Um, I think I think that this is Jameis Winston's big come-out game. Uh, I actually had uh, Matt Stafford in the league and picked up Winston as my starting quarterback this week. I think against Atlanta, he could has a potential as a top-five play. Uh, another guy I like in this game as well is Cameron Brait. O.J. Howard still probably banged up. Jameis loves Brait, so I think that he could have a big game if you need a tight end and uh, you're looking for a streaming option available on the waiver wire. You might be able to pick him up. Anybody you like uh, from that that side of the ball, Sean? Uh, you hit those two. I think Julio's a monster play this week. I actually think he finds that un- that forbidden territory. It's no, for him in the impossible. end zone. Devontae's out, so I think uh, Coleman's a tremendous play. Even maybe Ito Smith, who naturally I'm playing in another league on a kid that has no running backs, and he just falls into that shit show. So uh, I don't think Devontae plays based off of what I've read. You know, with him sitting out with now foot injury on top of it. 
Yeah, he's having a rough season. Those who took him in the second round are regretting that because he had the week one knee injury, and this is a whole brand new injury. Um, just not fun for him. It looks like he's going to be a bust this year. Uh, I looked at Ito Smith, and in, in actually in our league, um, did not pick him up. Considering it though, because I'm starting Peyton Barber <laughs> while Mark Ingram's on a bye. I think that's uh, a big week for Barber. I think this is a droppable week, to be honest. I, if he has crummy production, mm-hmm. you know, at this, against this particular defense, I mean, he's not getting any catches either. Uh, I, I think you have to really give strong consideration of whether or not he's rosterable if you're on thin bench type type leagues. Well, I've been so done with him. I actually did drop him and picked him back up. That's how dire my my running oh, back situation is. Oh, the pick back is. up. Let me, <laughs> because, let me get you back. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Leonard Fournette, you know, out probably till week ten. Uh, another guy deal. that I told you was shitty. Uh, yeah, 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 All yeah, season yeah. and was right about, and and yet again, still kind of point pounds against me when. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. And uh, you know, I had uh, Mark Ingram on on by CG Anderson did not work out as expected. So um, yeah, left with Peyton Barber and Austin Eckler this week, which is uh, not not the recipe for success. But we'll Eckler see how it goes. is a stud. We'll get to that later, though. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about him. Uh, Atlanta. Yeah, I'd like to see Julio get in the end zone. This is this has got to be the week for it to happen. This just feels like one of those. You know, twelve catches, two hundred fifty yards, three touchdown games for Julio that we've been you know seen throughout the years <sighs> it needs to happen eventually but uh you know n- knowing knowing that we're saying this it'll probably end up being calvin ridley and mohammed sanu you know getting five combined touchdowns this week as matt ryan finishes as a top three quarterback and you continue to pound your head against the wall for trading him after week one um, told you he wouldn't put up numbers if we, he was on our <laughs> roster we were directly responsible for his resurgence thank you for your sacrifice uh, AFC North showdown. We have Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Joe Mixon finally back, looking good last week. Uh, you know, on the other side of the ball, we were down on James Conner, said he was done last week, and what's he do? He puts up 30 points the next week. I just, it's at the point now where, you know, the Le'Veon Bell situation has come to a head. Cut your losses, get rid of him, go with Conner, at least for this year, and, and see what, what, what you're going to do next year. Uh, Juju continues to be a stud. Antonio Brown got going last week. Vance McDonald, huge disappointment this week or last week. But what what guys either from the Bengals or the Steelers do you think could have a good game this week? Well, obviously Mixon's a monster. He's basically like an 87, 88% usage or on the field for all the snaps when uh, Bernard's out and, and you know, he gets tons of touches with that. Tyler Boyd's, you know, a play there too with Pittsburgh's shoddy secondary. Um, you know, and all the stars are our players as well. So uh, one thing to watch, whether or not Bernard, who got a practice in today, uh, actually suits up. If he does, that could kind of ding Mixon, but you're playing Mixon if you got him. So uh, not a lot to see. I'd love the matchup for Andy Dalton, actually, uh, and I kind of like a, a 27-24 type game, maybe even a little bit more. So with that, but weather permitted, but uh, mm-hmm. barring you know that happening, I think offensively you're loving who you're playing. Yeah, I have Dalton as one of my plays this week in the Play and Fade article. I, I love his matchup. Pittsburgh defense is, is not good at all. Uh, they'll put up points against in this game. And, yeah, I, I like to see the – I'm not sure the over-under is here, but I'm assuming it's probably in the, the mid-40s, probably hitting the over on that uh, as Cincinnati gets going and continues to get going. Chargers at Cleveland. You're Cleveland Browns. Tell me about the Browns. What's going to happen this week? I think we're seeing a shootout this week. I, I think it, it high pace gets going. Um, I like the what the Browns can do uh, putting pressure on Rivers, but he's great throwing in those those littered pockets. Um, I think Eckler's a big play dump out of the backfield. I actually think Gates is a sneaky solid play this week. Um, I, Mike Williams, I like all the you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three options, really kind of on both teams. Um, and I, I I need to look at the run defense stats with with the Chargers, but you know from a usage perspective, I think Hyde they tried out more Chubb yes last week, and I think they went back to to Hyde a little bit, just feeling more comfortable. And again, when when Hyde's in, it's a run or pass. It's not having to signal something as much as it is with uh, with Nick Chubb. So uh, I I actually think Baker has a pretty big game this week, maybe two three touchdowns, and and we really start to see some further maturation and then what you got between these two teams is the 31st and 32nd ranked special teams so all bets are off block punts these defenses are in play but they could also get lit up too so um bad field position some bad luck in that regard can can play into it too 
Um, so all bets are off with this. We This was the last home victory uh, prior to the Jets. So we had blocked the field goal back in 16. So um, that kept us from 0 and, 0 and uh, 32. So uh, <laughs> that was nice. Now, if they get going, if it's an up-and-down game, you know, high pace, does that mean we might see a little bit more Duke Johnson than we have seen in the past few weeks? I hope not. I actually, Duke came out today a little bit unhappy with his chances and roles. Duke can, you know, pound salt for all I care. Um, I, don't, I don't give a shit what Duke, Duke Johnson says. Try not to get hurt. Stop running between the tackles and make plays when you, when you do get the ball thrown to you or you get the ball in space. He's a gimmick guy. Browns fans get to watch watch Austin Eckler this week and realize what a true, what everybody talks Duke Johnson is. Austin Eckler actually is that guy. Like, he's about that. Duke's all fakeness. (laughs) 60 catches when we're down two scores every time. Eckler, he's built like a brick shithouse. Better pass catcher, stronger, better runner. Um Obviously, my adoration for him is is far more than than one Duke Johnson. Well, and I think too what I didn't like about Duke Johnson this year, and I mentioned this early on uh, in in the draft process, was really a lot of those intermediate targets go to Jarvis Landry. Yeah, well, that, but the thing is, Jarvis is running routes now three four yards more, like his per per route run and per route like stats and efficiencies, we're throwing the ball downfield more because we actually have a quarterback. Part right. of like Duke's numbers were is we had dump off and goofy system and quarterbacks and it wasn't a winning product. Like now we're mm-hmm. winning and we're not doing the gimmicky stuff that, that got Duke paid. He ought to be happy he got paid. Sure. Sure. All right. Uh Seattle versus oh actually real quick, who wins that game? Cleveland win? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I can't believe I'm yeah. saying that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, take, yeah. I'll take the Browns. <laughs> I don't know how or why, but I'm going to take them. All right. Seattle at uh, versus Oakland this week. Uh, looks like Seattle at Oakland. Uh, no, it's England. Oh, that's right. That's right. They're in London. It's so I'm going to. So I'm fading this game. Um, I don't want to touch this game whatsoever. The London game sucked. The only good thing about London games are all the ironic jerseys from the mid 90s, early 2000s. You'll see a Josh Freeman jersey. You'll see. Uh, let's see, probably see a Drew Bledsoe jersey. What other jerseys do you think you might see over in London? It's weird. Like, London gets all the jerseys, and you know how we send, like, to Southeast uh, Asia and, and mm. Africa all the T-shirts of the losing Super Bowl teams? <laughs> so they must have just years, years back sent all the jerseys to London. So, right. um, yeah, it's going to be bizarre. I, it's always enjoyable when it's teams that aren't remotely or players that aren't playing or have no affiliation to either team. But I would say a Jerry Rice Seahawks jersey. Oh. And what would be for a Raiders? Um, maybe, maybe Jerry Rice Raiders jersey, too. You could, do a rice, you could do a Rice versus Rice. You could also you do maybe. Jamarcus I Russell. I want a Jamarcus you could Russell do a jersey. Jamarcus. But I, you almost need, like, this vet that played there when they were, like, 39 years old. And, mm. and that was the, the little sliver and they got cut. Mm, try I, to think. I can't, nothing, nothing comes to immediate mind. But, uh, you might you might see a Randy Moss Raiders jersey. Maybe like a Steve Bono or something like that. <laughs> that might be going too far back. Yeah. Uh, a Brandon Marshall jersey would be nice, but it's a little bit too recent, a little bit too current for London. So uh, we'll we'll talk real quick about this game. Farky's not here to bitch about Pete Carroll and talk about the running game. So the one thing that disappointed me last week was Doug Baldwin's usage: one catch, one yard in his return. Uh, he seems to be as healthy as possible. However. They're not throwing the ball whatsoever in Seattle. Yeah, I started so. Doug Baldwin. So and Russell Wilson <laughs> went crazy, and he threw it to a bunch of other guys, and not Doug Baldwin. So yeah, yeah I was pretty upset about that too. Uh, as far as this game, nobody cares. Here's what we care about: first, just have a shootout, an absolute shootout. Then the guy, if you got somebody in the game, then you're at least happy that you're getting points out of it. Like mm. let this game be 38-35 and just an absolute shit show. Uh, let's have that. Yeah. Um, all right. So Chicago at Miami. The Bears are back off their bye. Is Trubisky magic going to continue, Sean? No, actually, I like this spot and I picked them up this week because I'm basically just swapping place and defenses. Um, I like Miami's defense. I, I don't like the Bears going down to Miami, the Heat. 
Um, if the Dolphins are smart, they put him in the black jerseys like they did with Oakland uh, a few weeks <laughs> ago. Third, fourth quarter, they're dying. Um, I don't think the Bears are going to stick with getting Tariq Cohen the ball, and I think it's going to be the detriment to them. And, um, yeah, I, I like the Dolphins in a bounce back here here this week. Yeah, Chicago's defense is their defense that picked up everywhere. Once they got Mack, that's worked out well for me so far. I agree that the offense probably or definitely is not going to do what they did uh, a couple weeks ago where Trubisky threw for six touchdowns. However, I, I do think they are going to make a conscious effort to get uh, Tariq Cohen more involved. I just think that you saw the offense be far more explosive with um, Cohen at running back other than Jordan and not Jordan Howard, and I think that says a lot. Now, that's not to say Jordan Howard isn't a good player. The guy had over 1,000 yards rushing for two years on two bad teams in Chicago. So I think he is a, a talented player. However, under Matt Nagy's system, I just think his Cohen is a far better fit than Jordan Howard, and I think that's why Cohen is using or, uh, Nagy's using Cohen more than Howard. Now, Miami, I know they're playing at Miami. I think they will probably win this game. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. It's not going to be pretty. A lot of field goals. Uh, the Miami offense just stinks, and and I don't know what Adam Gase is doing. One week they look great. The next week they look terrible. Uh, they can't even get a first down. They just they can't do anything with the ball. Now, you know, your brother and I have a, a bet for Danny Amendola over under 50 catches on the season, and he's r- right at 50 catches. Who's, got, now, who's on what side? I'm on the under. I'm on the under because I think he's going to get hurt. That, that's my that's my guess. But why can't they get a consistent option in Miami going week to week? They don't have good players. Okay. Well, and their coach sucks. <laughs> and their quarterback's average at best. I mean, does that cover it? No, that's good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Nailed so. it. All right. We'll move on to Arizona at Minnesota. A lot to talk about in this game. Um, actually, let's talk about this real quick. I just got a, uh, a text from my buddy Jay, founder of DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. Rest in peace, DFW. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, is he droppable in 12-team leagues? Uh, I mean, what's your format? Starting two in a flex or? Say say three wide receivers in a flex. Is he droppable? I think you keep him, but he's your bench player. It's, mm. it's, you know, it's a bad match with Rosen. Kirk's the, the kind of matchup with Rosen, uh, which is kind of difficult and unfortunate there. And, you know, you drafted – Fitzgerald because you thought Bradford was going to play, right or wrong, a certain amount of games, and he'd catch 60 balls in 10 games just from Bradford. So right. um, I, if there's somebody, you know, if Quincy and Noon was out there, yeah, you probably take Quincy. You know, although he sh- got shafted last week. And I yeah, was zero catches. That, that was fun. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think there's certain scenarios, which is disappointing in and of itself, and Fitz isn't someone that – is remotely a trade target either. No, he's not. He's one of those guys I've actually thought about trading for him, but the problem is is I'm not going to give him Well, I'm saying him going to another team. I think Demarius, Emmanuel Sanders, those are two guys that are in play for the Patriots if Josh Gordon screws up. Like, there's a couple players, obviously we talked Shady, there's others that are kind of, I think Jordan Howard could be available, you know, under Mm -hmm. the right circumstance. Yeah, yeah, Mike. Well, Jordan Howard's still on his rookie contract, dirt cheap. I don't see them trading him. Yeah, they, but they, they might not want to play with picking up an option, and another team may value that more, similar to what happened with JHI last year. Yeah, I guess if they get offered something, they can't refuse, sure. But, you know, they're they're contending for the division. I don't see them, I don't see them moving week. him. Well, we'll see. Um, on the other side of the ball, speaking of the, the NFC North, though, we have Minnesota and Adam Thielen – Five straight hundred yard games. Can he do it? Can he do it six? Can he do six in a row? Well, what they've got right now is Thalen and Diggs, and and Cousins putting up monster numbers. He's been inconsistent, but he's putting up numbers. So yeah, I think you, you ride with Thalen and and Diggs, and I mean in hindsight, those guys are are clear second rounders now with the numbers mm-hmm. they're putting up. And you know what? The Rams receivers probably were around late collectively, if not two or three. When you look at like someone at like Cup and Woods who went, you know, what fifth, sixth rounds? Yeah, real late. And I still hate. I still actually don't hate. I love it that the uh, the Bills wanted to use Robert Woods as a blocking wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> the Bills are the best. Uh, the absolute best. But yeah, I mean. You know, I'm looking at a, a .5 PPR league. You got Thielen number one, Cooper Cup number three in the league. 
Um, Stefan Diggs, number nine. Robert Woods, number 10. So they, I mean, they legit three guys yeah. over 1,000. Like, they're well on their way. The question yeah. is, is, are they going to play 16? And if I'm – I know we haven't necessarily jumped to them yet, but if I'm the Rams and looking at where they are, they might – they might you might miss them week 14 15 16 mm. in some way shape or form they could start rotating and sitting guys because right. they're locking up the west by week 12 easily yeah and the other thing too with the rams they could actually have three receivers in the top 15 if Brandon Cooks didn't get hurt last week and, and put up a goose egg. He got right. he went right into the fencing position, which is never a good sign for a football player, especially this day and age with the concussion protocol. But in, the, in a .5 PPR league, he's 27th right now with uh, 65 points. You figure if he gets his average 15 points, he'd be up to 80. He'd be right on right outside the top 10. So uh, really good problem to have if you uh, have a bunch of Rams or Vikings guys. And we'll dig into the Rams a little bit more later on. But uh, on the Vikings side of the ball, you know, Dalvin Cook's been a huge disappointment. This hamstring injury, you know, it might be a product of him overcompensating, trying to come back from that torn ACL. Uh, you know, Latavius Murray, he was a good player last year or a decent fill-in last year after Dalvin tore his ACL. Really haven't seen it all that much with, with Latavius this year. And, you know, with, with Dalvin Cook's you're unsure where he's going to be put on a full pra- He did put a full practice in today. So when he does – if he's full strength, like 72% usage is his number, you know, if you look at last year. So I think you go off that, you have to roll the dice. And, I, you know, I played him against the Rams. He was not remotely right. Slow, lethargic, and I think he got dinged up even a little bit more. If mm-hmm. he's coming back, you hope he's coming back right now. And um, if that's the case, then he's someone that, that I think you got to play if you got him unless you got two star options. Yeah, I don't feel good about starting Dalvin Cook, but I don't have him anywhere, so I don't have to worry about it. But, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. If he is healthy and I did have him. I'll put I'd it this way. I'm not starting him over Mixon and Aaron Jones because I think Aaron Jones has a breakout. But if it was Mixon and Deion Lewis, I'd start him over Deion Lewis. Yeah, okay. Uh, Deion's been very, very frustrating as Derrick Henry will not go away. Uh, next game. We have the Indianapolis Colts traveling to the Meadowlands to play the Jets. Looks like Marlon Mack is going to be playing on Sunday. So that cluster F at running back between him and Naeem Hines is going to be a cluster F, and I don't really trust either of those guys. Uh, T.Y. Hilton still very questionable with a hamstring injury. Uh, going to be hard to trust him. And you mentioned that Jack Doyle is probably going to have an arthritic hip after this. So Eric Ebron could be the go-to guy for Andrew Luck after he had that huge breakout game yeah, against the Patriots on Thursday night. I think both of us, right? Uh, yeah, I think the Colts, I, I saw quite a bit from, from Luck against the Pats. You'd think that probably continues against the Jets. This is a tricky spot for the Jets. They ran like crazy last week. Crowell didn't practice today. So that could be a... Um, Balau type situation. If they overlook the Colts, they will lose that game in a game they have really no business probably losing with the state of what the Colts are on offense and defense with injuries. So mm-hmm. they did get the kind of mini buy playing last Thursday. You thought Hilton would be back. Him not being back and basically being week to week along with Doyle, that's a real big problem. Naturally, I have Hilton in a league. So And, and Doyle <laughs> I've got spread across basically every one. Because I waited on tight end, and he was the guy that I really waited for. So that's mm. working out well. Really enjoying that. And uh, Naheem Hines, though, I think is the guy that, from a Colts perspective, that you got to be really pleased with. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't know what kind of usage he will get if Marlon Mack. And, is and then bad. Jets receivers. I mean, Luke, who the hell is catching passes this week from <sighs> next week? I mean, Quincy Inouye is the guy. i very frustrated that he put up a goose egg last week. You know, Terrell Pryor's flashed at times. Robbie Anderson, if you trust Robbie Anderson, you're, you're a braver man than I because I, I have no faith in that guy putting up consistent weeks. I think he's uh, he's nothing more than, you know, a boomer bust receiver, much of the ilk of Torrey Smith from like five years ago. So I'm fading pretty much anybody but Inouye, even though he had that goose egg. Uh, Carolina at Washington, disappointing game by Cam last week, disappointing game by uh, Christian McCaffrey last week. Also on the other side of the ball, disappointing game from Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson. Do those four big big names bounce back in week six? 
Yeah, actually, I think all four have a, have a pretty solid game. Peterson would be the one I'm a little bit maybe leery of of the four, but I still I like him for a rebound, maybe getting in the end zone. I actually think Washington's going to come out and play a hell of a lot better. I think this is a little reverse. They played so poorly on Monday night at home crowd. I think they collectively have to play great, um, or it's going to get really really uneasy for the for the natives there. And um, you know, I think I like. Carolina camp does struggle with pressure up the middle. That's one thing Washington's going to be able to do with their defensive front. So it is something to watch. Uh, and, and and McCaffrey, the one thing I'd worry about is he's not getting that Kamara type sub from an Ingram. I think when they really kind of need it, it they're going to regret having not used CJ Anderson in the early in the season, a little bit more on, on carries and whatnot, but they've needed to use McCaffrey because they just haven't been out in front enough and been able to kind of, you know, buy him some some breathers here or there. So that's something to watch as the season goes along. Uh, you got to keep riding McCaffrey, but that you could run into some issues as the season goes on. Can he take that pounding, whether it's catching or or running? Right, and that was that was my strategy in drafting C.J. Anderson. I really thought that he'd have a much bigger early season role, and maybe you might see it after you know after the bye two day, two weeks ago. Maybe they'll start to to sprinkle him a little bit more. But I do need to take a victory lap here, Sean. Much like you dogged me for the whole Chris Ivory leading the AFC and rushing, and I said hell no, no chance in hell. I said when's Alex Smith going to get going? The guy sucks, and you said he had four touchdowns one week. You were wrong about that. Looking at his stats right now, week one, two touchdowns. Week two, no touchdowns. Week three, two touchdowns. Week four, bye. And then last week, he had zero touchdowns. So, Are you looking at passing stats? I'm looking at passing stats. He has, one, he... Rushing t- he has one rushing touchdown he got last week. Huh. So, in your face, take it back. I'm the best. Alex Smith sucks this year. Um they need to do something. He needs to get going at running at quarterback, and I'm very disappointed in his season and, and inability to get Jameson Crowder going. Uh, you know, Josh Doxson's been banged up again. Surprise, surprise. Jordan Jesus, Reed's been, been bad. bad. Yeah, he's been, Alex Smith has been yes. bad. And just talk think. me into Alex Smith. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So for all the, the the listeners out there, the millions and millions of listeners, it was awesome last year, four thousand yards, twenty six. He's five. great last year, but uh, but the the zebras traded Matt Ryan so they could roll with Alex Smith as a QB one moving forward in the dynasty league, and that has not been working out well. Um, but yeah, hopefully Alex Smith can get going here soon. Uh, he's been looked nothing but less than mediocre. The Alex Smith we we grew to love when he was in San Francisco. That's really who we're seeing here in Washington at the beginning of the 2018 season. But um, next game, Buffalo at Houston. Uh, I mean, Kiki Cootie. I guess let's talk about Kiki. Is no, he... let's not. No, let's. Let, no, I mean well. let's because I think that he's, uh, you know, two weeks in a row of double-digit points, uh, putting up wide receiver three numbers. Is he a guy that you can trust in a PPR league week to week? You're asking me. I'm asking you. No. I'm. Gonna, you're gonna say no, okay? Because you're. This is not even close. No. No. <laughs> Both these. No. Deshaun Watson maybe didn't light up Dallas. Whatever. Well, Hopkins is the one guy in the entire thing. Well, Hopkins and Watson; those are the only ones you're playing, and you're not tickled with uh, Watson as it is. You play Kiki, one- you're pretty damn desperate. One guy, well, I'm, I'm pretty desperate in our league, and I might be starting to miss my wide receiver three, but one guy that uh, from the Texans that I've actually been targeting for the, the bench spot, my last spot on the bench, is Deonta Foreman coming off the PUP towards Achilles last year uh, in his two-touchdown breakout game. Lamar Miller's been bad. He's been terrible. Alfred Blue sucks. He was decent in volume last week just because Miller was hurt. But I like Deonta Foreman to potentially come back this week. And, again, I'm using him as nothing but the last bench spot on my team. If you can pick him up and hold on to him and live with that, I suggest it just because, you know, Lamar Miller is who we thought he was. He sucks. Terrible. Move on. I think Deshaun Watson's getting hurt, and this team's going to do the same thing they did last year. Yeah. Because Deshaun Watson's taking an absolute beating, and it's just a matter of time. This time they'll actually have their first round pick though, so they'll be able to use that. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, thanks Until for Denzel Ward. We enjoy him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Los Angeles Rams at the Denver Broncos. We touched upon the Rams receivers. We know they're studs. Everybody knows Todd Gurley's a stud. Everybody knows that Jared Goff's a stud. Now the one thing to look for in this game though, there's talk to, of two to three inches of snow in this game. Early October snow. 
You know, is that going to impact you starting any of these guys on both sides of the, of the ball, Sean? Well, no. You got the Rams. You're going to play those guys. I would be concerned with Goff and Gurley in that type of weather if, if that comes through. Uh, and I'd just be concerned of Case Keenum because he sucks and he can't get anybody the ball. Terrible. So that's a problem. Uh, any Denver offensive player, it's just beware, but you're kind of screwed so you're playing them. I do like uh, the idea of Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay, though, in, in a, a bit of a mutter slash snowy game. I think both those guys are scrappy. I, I said last week I saw Philip Lindsay play really for the first time live week four, and you just look at him, he's slippery. He's just a fluid, slippery, slippery player. And I, I really, I just, I think he's a really good player. You got him in our league. That's one of the few bright spots uh, of this uh, 2018 season for you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm debating whether I'm starting him or McCoy this week, so we shall see. Yeah. All right, Jacksonville. Whoever I start, De- you'll wish you played, and whoever I, uh, or you wish I, I you wouldn't have started. Right. Yeah, you fade, and then uh, who I don't start, you're going to wish you'd just go ahead and throw on there. I guess on Sunday morning I'll release a, a new version of the Play and Fade article, and I'll add in uh, who you end up going with as the fade and who you end up benching as the play. How's that sound? Uh, that's right. We might as Perfect. well do that. Do a solid for the listeners. <laughs> uh, Jacksonville Dallas, this game's going to be terrible. There's going to be nothing good about this game. Uh, God, I mean, Ugh. you know, Just, Fournette's I mean, the- Jason Garrett, what a terrible. pussy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, oh, it was a long yard. What a loser. Like, just you got, a loser mentality. You have Zeke Elliott and arguably the Your best. Your team is built on power football. If you I don't know. run for one yard on the other side of the fit, on in the opponent's territory, what, like, why do you exist the way Unreal. that you're constructed? Like, I, and Jerry Jones is just kind of like, yeah, he's probably, he should have went for it, and that was the time, but let's like – he keeps tolerating Jason Garrett. So, Cowboys fans, you're all idiots. And I'm an idiot for taking <laughs> Zeke, thinking that, like, they were going to get super aggressive and, you know, run no huddle with, you know, fast rushing and everything else. No. It's just a big, steaming, stale dump. And how about Alan, Alan Hearns running his mouth saying he's not getting the ball off? Bro, you're Alan Hearns. Shut up. You're Alan Hearns. Terrible. Um, but, you know, Jacksonville – Last week, I thought Blake Bortles would be a great start. He actually ended up throwing for over 400 yards, so he he put up decent numbers with his four picks, being the Blake Bortles that we've grown to love. But really, without Fournette, they have no explosion on this offense. Corey Grant, done for the season with a foot injury. You know, If you're starting any Jaguar this week other than TJ Yeldon, who will give you 10 to 12 points, you're, you're in trouble. I'll uh, say this. Yeah. When they pick up Jamal Charles and people are like talking themselves <laughs> into Jamal Charles – yeah, they got some issues there. God, I was talk. I I almost talked myself into Jamal Charles once he signed there. That's how bad my running back yeah, situation you, was in our yeah, league. Yeah, then you realized it wasn't 2011. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Baltimore, Tennessee. I mean, this is just going to be uh, mediocre smash mouth football of Derrick Henry running into his lineman's back and falling over for two yards. Deion Lewis not getting the ball. Alex Collins frustrating me. Buck Allen wanting, you know, forcing me to curse the gods. Is there anything that we? This is a shitty slate of football games. This week it is until a horrible football. slate of football. This week. <laughs> oh my god! Like, these games are just like not even fun to talk about from fantasy purposes. I know. I like Reach Baltimore him. from a betting spot here yeah. um, to bounce back because I think they had some unluckiness against the Browns, but they also got a lot of penalties in their favor. So. Mm. Um, Everybody talked themselves into Baltimore. I still think they're average and mediocre. Uh, that said, I I think I like John Brown. He'd be the one guy that I like this week. Yeah, Crabtree's really been a bust for them, which has been disappointing. Uh, Snead is just a, a good third option. He's never going to put up big numbers. The tight end situation, who knows what's going on there. I agree with you. I do like John Brown as a potential you know, five-catch guy, score a touchdown. Uh, from Tennessee, you know, hoping that Corey Davis can get going, uh, hoping Mariota can get going. I have no faith in that happening, but you never know. Uh, just not a ton to talk about here. Just two mediocre offenses, two decent defenses. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm probably going to be playing the under on this one. Uh, I'll check that out on Sunday morning and, and make my bets. But a game that I'm probably going to hit the over in is going to be Sunday night, Kansas City at New England. I'm excited for this game. It's going to be high scoring. Uh, both teams, I bet you, score in the 30s. You know, hopefully this is the game that Gronk can get going. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if 
you know, Chris Hogan have one of those games where he came out of nowhere and scores two touchdowns because everybody's covering all the other guys on the team or on the Patriots. Uh, wh- where do you see this game ending? And uh, I'd like to hear your take on who you think ends up winning this one. I really haven't dug into this as much, but it just feels like a natural spot for KC to struggle um, or for the Pats to get out early. KC kind of makes a comeback similar to that playoff game, that 28-21 a few years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think this is a tailor-made spot for Gronk to get in with the score. You you know, you see Edelman um, make some plays. I saw Hogan didn't practice today, so, you know, him being out could be a problem because I actually thought he was a, a sneaky, sneaky option. And then, um, you know, James White, I think, you know, Mr. kind of steady. I think that's a, a, a real good look. Um, and I think more was was Sonny Michelle where he, he pops a little. So I agree with you. I think it's up and down. Um, it's going to be interesting how they defend Hill specifically mm-hmm. and Kelsey. The You know, Watkins, I'd almost allow Watkins to kind of get whatever. But I, I kind of would try and stop two guys, Kelsey and Hill. And I think uh, Belichick, you, you'd think he'd try and scheme that directly. Or you know, this could also be one of those – annoying games for Pats fans where they basically go super vanilla and just say, well, we'll wait to see you kind of week 19 in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what they did against the Jaguars. Uh, I, I think, I think this is going to be a big game for the Patriots and it also is going to be huge for home field advantage too. Uh, so I think they're going to get throw everything they can at the chiefs chiefs defense played much better last week. Again, that was against the Jaguars. So take that with a grain of salt. Uh, you know, Sony Michelle did not practice today. Uh, banged up. Well, they're saying he might be banged up. Might just be a maintenance day. You never know with Foxborough and what's coming out of there with Belichick. So, uh, but I agree with you. Tyree Kill is going to be a problem for this team. Uh, they'll find a way to try to bracket him, but I just I just don't see anybody who's really going to. They have a slow defense, and we all know Tyree Kill is a very very fast man. So I think they'll try to stop Tyree Kill, but they know they're not going to. So maybe. They focus their resources on the likes of Kareem Hunt or maybe even trying to stop Sammy Watkins. See, the problem is when you don't stop Tyreek Kill, you give up 70-yard touchdowns. True, true. So, But I just I just don't see a way or a matchup where they'll be able to stop him. It's just it's he's that good, he's that fast. I'm glad you spent a, a first-rounder on a running back. <laughs> I know, I know, man. Um, it's It still baffles Especially me. Especially when I mean, you've I'm, traded up probably another 5, 10 picks and gotten Derwin James. But. Yeah, right. Well, sure. I mean, I'm happy they got him because it's, it's exciting in New England for them to finally spend a first-round pick on a guy that's going to see the field in a skill position. But For three uh, years, a, and then he's in a walker. <laughs> uh, but, but actually, to your point, too, about James White, I mean, he's clearly the most explosive player on this offense right now, or at least the most consistent player on this offense. And I, I like him to have a big game as well. It's going to be up and down, uh, a lot of uh, high-tempo offense, no huddle. And really, you see the Patriots. Sony Michelle does not play no huddle. Uh, James White's in there for all no huddle pass only plays. They don't they don't t- try to disguise it. They'll let you know what they're doing with their with the way they line up. Uh, Sony's been lining up behind the fullback, whereas James White's usually in the shotgun next to Brady. Uh, and 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 your your uh, my boy, your your former boy that you've now denounced, Josh Gordon had a touchdown last week. I like his chances to score another one this week, just to really piss you guys off. I'm not really worried about Josh Gordon whatsoever. He will not be on your team in Week 16. That's a take. And I'm willing to – I disagree. I think he will be, and I'm willing to make a friendly wager on that too. My team's on five. I I drafted the (laughs) son of a bitch. I'm not going to lose more money on account of this prick. All right, I'll trade you Chris Goblin for him. Deal? I don't have him anymore, dummy. Oh, that's right. I have Doug Baldwin in his one catch for five yards last week. (laughs) Bullshit. I think it was one catch for one yard. Get it right. Because I gave up a first-round pick in our Dynasty League for him. That, that has not worked out yet, but still have faith. Uh, last game, because Detroit and New Orleans have a bye. Last game, Monday Night Football, San Francisco at Green Bay. You know, Aaron Rodgers started off slow last week, but ended up having a pretty solid game. You know, do you still have faith in him being a top-five guy moving forward? No, I don't. I Actually, you might be late to the party already if you haven't moved him yet. Uh, naturally, uh, Mocky traded for him uh, in my league this week, uh, which I thought was very surprising. Um, but he also had a setback and didn't practice today. Uh, might have to wear a bigger brace. 
anybody that's watched Rodgers can clearly see he's not right. And unfortunately, because he's got kind of a complete douchebag deluxe moron putts coach that our producer, Jerry Burris, enjoys and loves, <laughs> nonetheless, he stinks. He's hideous. It's the same story with the Packers. It's wherever Aaron Rodgers can take them, uh, whether he can move or uh, if he can't. So uh, he's struggling. I think it could continue to struggle. They should win Monday night. That game could be a hell of a lot closer than they would like and their fans. Uh, so that's something to watch there. And I just, I, they're fortunate because that division's actually sneaky, kind of crummy. Because they can go and beat the Bears whenever they want. And the Vikings, something's just off with them without Griffin and their full um, constitutive of a defense. So I think uh, that's a problem. But they'll probably get by. But I would... Uh, Fantasy wise, I think you got to be very concerned with regards to Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, I've been saying for weeks that you should trade him if you're a Rodgers owner. And then, you know, he has put up decent numbers, but I just, I just do not trust that knee. Uh, now you're seeing there's uh, no like fluidness to it. It's right, not like right. chunk. Everything is kind of like chaotic. It's kind of lucky. It's kind of lucky in a, in a sense. You know, it's not. It's not that you don't feel comfortable seeing that offense go. And a lot of that's because. Geronimo Allison got hurt. Jimmy Graham stinks. Um, Randall Cobb's hurt. So they're relying on the likes of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who who Nick Vern uh, said to, thanked me for dropping in our Dynasty League and said he's going to be a top 75 asset by the end of the year, which is typical Nick Vern, just, uh, you know, glugging on the, the, the likes of the players that he's picked up. You know, what else is new? Yeah, he's a uh, loser. <laughs> But uh, any other thing else you, you got to look forward to in uh, week six? Is, no, is there's nothing the to look forward to in fantasy. I, I'll tell you what, though. We got a couple questions. I'll uh, I'll pull these up here. But, um, yeah, as, I, as I've been pretty demonstrative all season long, um, I detest fantasy, and I just want to continue to reinforce that. So uh, a listener, um, Sunburn Snowman, uh, he says he's got, I'm assuming, Connor from Pittsburgh and Emmanuel Sanders. Would he trade that for Bell, Landry, and Justin Tucker, PPR 12-team? Um, he's already got Aaron Jones and Breida and Dalvin Cook um, with his running back. So um, I think you do that because you get Landry in it and Justin Tucker, and then you have the kind of lottery ticket with Bell, and you can get by with the other guys. It's not like James Conner's that critical. Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing you know we've always talked about, though, is what will Le'Veon Bill Le'Veon Bell be when he comes back, and that's yeah, my concern. If you got Jones, uh, Breida, and Dalvin Cook, and AP are his other running first, I, like it's just a weird roster that he's got. Well, but you're Breida, probably better Breida's, off moving Connor now while there's still the value attached to it. Bell's but coming Breida, back. Breida's banged up. Um, Dalvin Cook, we don't know what's going on with him. I don't think Adrian Peterson is going to be doing anything in four or five weeks. He's going to, his body's going to break down. So while he has the names at running back, I'm not so sure that those guys are consistent fantasy options throughout the season. And now you're bringing in another question mark in Le'Veon Bell, and I just think that's a concern. So I would definitely consider it, but I'm not totally sold on the trade whatsoever. Okay, well, you can answer him on the pod then. Or you can answer that he's got to listen to the pod and get our <laughs> listeners up on it. Um, getting off for John Brown for Kenyon Drake, is it worth it? You know, that's one of those things where you think they, the, the Dolphins have to get Kenyon Drake going. They just have to because he's easily probably their most dynamic offensive player. We saw that in the season last year. Uh, Adam Gase, just for whatever reason, refuses to give him the ball. I think, Sean, to your point, he's stupid. That's probably why he's not getting him the ball. Uh, but then again, John Brown's a solid player. So the way I look at it is if you have depth at running back, you're looking for a wide receiver, that's a pretty fair swap. I'd make that trade. And then you did that was J.J. Elliott to tease 95. So And it says Jeremy. So uh, that was earlier today. So you can tell him he needs to listen. And then we're going to go with uh, – <laughs> Kobe Wan Kenobi at Mr. Underscore Young 5. He says, should I trade Le'Veon, Mike Evans for A.J. Green and David Johnson? And your response is... Le'Veon, one more time. Le'Veon, Mike Evans, should he go get A.J. Green and David Johnson? So do I get David Johnson and A.J. Green, 
I got Le'Veon and Mike Evans. He already mm-hmm. the guy I'm trading has Joe Mixon and Zeke already, so he right. trade Le'Veon, Mixon, and Zeke to that roster. Um, this is might be where you have to actually be a little bit mindful too. How the hell does he have David Johnson, AJ Green, Joe Mixon, and Zeke? <laughs> what league is this dude playing? I don't Kobe know. Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> I just got distracted because uh, Eli Manning threw another pick in the red zone. So, or actually, on the red zone on his side of the field. So, what else is new in New York? But uh, I think I'd take the AJ Green side, just more talent. Uh, I don't love AJ Green at all whatsoever, but I think that you're just getting more talent on that side of the ball or on that side of the trade. So, I take AJ Green. Here's what's happening, I think, with AJ Green he's not this second round guy anymore, mm-hmm. but he's quasi undervalued in the sense that the rest of their offense is more rounded. With Mixon, with Boyd, even Ross a little. So those other guys now are getting full complement of respect that the wide receiver two stuff never had. It's kind of like what happened when Hushman Zada came up and then there was Chad Johnson. Like They had this kind of dual threat a little bit and they were a little bit more explosive. So it actually is benefiting, benefiting them. Eifert being out hurts. But I do think A.J. Green's not been better per se as teams aren't having to double him or roll safeties over they're kind of playing them more true as a as a um uh, opposing offense uh mm-hmm. to, to defense and i think that's benefiting aj green yeah no i think that's fair i mean you know we've been i think we've all been waiting for the the time where aj green will finally be worth his draft value and while he was still a second-round pick this year. You know, he's probably playing closer to that value, but next year we'll probably see him as like a third or fourth-round pick in summer draft. So, you know, I think yeah, finally – Yeah, I think the, he the, slips. I think you, you start to see kind of late third. He kind of goes to where Demarius Thomas went um, mm-hmm. in, in the last draft. Now Thomas has went the other way, but that's just because, dear God, is Case Keenum bad. Yeah. That's the exact player that I thought of when uh, we were when we were talking about AJ Green. I mean, I was actually looking at Demarius' numbers today, and God, he was filthy when Peyton Manning was there. He had, he would he put up one year like he's an eighty five. He was an eighty five catch, and he was a fifteen touchdown guy, which for a yes. receiver is the creme de la creme. And yeah. uh, I the, the worst season. part about it, I still think he's a ten to twelve touchdown guy, but he's pissed away his last two years and he's in the process of getting this one pissed away as well so he could be a great buy low option but he's probably going to be a jackass and go to the dolphins or something (laughs) super disappointed in uh case keenum this year you know obviously it's case keenum career journeyman you expect him to suck but i really thought that he was gonna be uh an upgrade over trevor simeon who was like a, a a shade below just a shade below what what uh Keenum's done so far this year. Uh, touchdown Alshon Jeffrey from Carson Wentz after that Eli Manning interception. So uh, good to see Alshon Jeffrey getting going these first few weeks he's been back. You know, he's got two touchdowns back in three games so far. So uh, that, Did that everybody offense... get their pod picks in um, off the oh, bets tonight? Sh- son of a bitch. I didn't even check that. I'll tell you what, that, that you know, having to corral these, these cats is, is absolutely brutal. Herding kittens, man. Herding kittens. <laughs> absolutely terrible. So. so I think that'll put a bow on it, though. I think so. I think so. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening tonight. You know, good luck to everybody but Sean in their uh, fantasy football leagues this week. I don't play week. you this week. I play Luke oh, I don't, Conley. I'm, I think I'm more than uh, – I play Mar- Martin Cardinal. I don't care. I want you to lose every single game. I want you to go 0-13. That, that's – I need that in my life. I appreciate just, that, man. It will make everything fantastic. So, <laughs> I'm cheering against you How about this? I go 0-13. Game. I don't show up to the draft. I draft remote next year. So that no, means, no, that no, no. force you no. to root for it. No, I'm actually – oh. I'm instituting that. I need to get the league rooting for uh, <laughs> shit, pure shit. That's my new team name. Uh, that's what I'm doing. If I go on 13 I will self-impose a sanction that I can't come to the draft next year. How about okay. that? That's fair. That's fair. And that is um, a penalty for everyone else. Uh, Monday Night Man did not make it. Monday Night Man did not make a pick tonight. He's got actually. I'll, let me. We do our own pick, so I'll be able to tell you. All right. Well, we'll talk offline. But let's. Uh, all right. Let's close this one, Sean. Everybody can find us over at www.negpodcast.com. Follow us Billy, on Twitter. He at, would have had so. Okay. Follow us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. Never Glory Podcast on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Rate us. Give us five stars. Uh, tell all your friends. Like I mentioned before, we have big things coming here soon. 
So uh, be sure to keep it locked over at www.negpodcast.com. And good luck to everybody. I guess even Sean uh, to make sure that you're at the draft next year. So, Sean, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Later.